Support for this podcast and the following message come from Georgetown School of Continuing Studies, where you can earn a master's degree or professional certificate downtown or online. All options, all Georgetown. Learn more at scs.georgetown.edu. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour. Check out NPR's Bullseye with Jesse Thorne, an excellent guide to what's good in pop culture. Every week, Jesse Thorne interviews people like Cameron Esposito, Rashida Jones, and Felicity Huffman about their creative work and lives. Find your new favorite TV shows, books, movies, and music, and gain new insights into the things you already love. Find Bullseye now on the NPR One app and at npr.org podcasts. Welcome to Pop Culture Happy Hour. I'm Linda Holmes. I'm the editor of NPR's pop culture and entertainment blog, Monkey See, and I'm here in the studio with Stephen Thompson of NPR Music. Hi, Stephen. Hello, Linda. So Stephen and I, as we speak, are uh, have just completed four shows out here on the West Coast. We are here at NPR West in Culver City. And uh, this week's show is uh, going to be put together from a couple of those different shows. Yeah, we've got uh, a little bit of San Francisco, a little bit of Seattle. That's right. So the first thing you're going to hear this week is a conversation that we had in San Francisco with Mallory Ortberg, who you might know from The Toast, or as the current Dear Prudence over at Slate. And uh, so we, we decided to uh, have her focus on Halloween candy. That's just right. To throw her a little curveball. That's right. We had a great time talking to Mallory about Halloween candy. And then in our second segment, what you're going to hear is a quiz that we did in Seattle. That was with our pal Audie Cornish, always a reliable pop culture happy hour guest. Oh, this is a fun one. That's a fun one. It's a Halloween candy topic and then a Halloween quiz. And then you'll hear us talk a little bit with Audie about what's making us happy this week, also from our Seattle show. We wanted to make sure to thank everybody who helped us out with our tour. At NPR, Anya Grunman, Izzy Smith, Alex McCall, Ellen Silva, Jessica Goldstein, Dan McCoy, Christina DeQuadros, Camille Smiley, and Brian Rideout. Of course, Mike Katzeff, who gives us our theme music every week. Thanks to Josh Lindgren, Jamie Forsander, and Artie Farhadi at Billions. Thanks to Emily Erskine. Thanks to everybody at all of the venues that we played. And to our fourth chairs, Audie Cornish and Mallory, of course, and Kumail Nanjiani, who was our guest in uh, L.A. Oh, man. We got some treats ahead from those shows. That's right. We had some great times. We had some good stuff. And another thing that we want to make sure that we mention before we go, uh, on November 12th uh, in Washington, D.C., at the museum, that evening... I am going to be having a conversation uh, with several of the folks who are involved with the Amazon show Good Girls Revolt, which is about to premiere as we as we tape this. And uh, if you don't if you're not familiar with it, it's a story about women journalists uh, at Newsweek, actually, who were working as researchers and sort of fighting back against uh, gender politics of the time. It's going to be a really fun, good conversation and panel, I suspect, about a wide variety of issues. And again, that's November 12th in the evening at the museum here in D.C. We don't have exact ticket details yet, but when we have them, we will let you know through Twitter uh, at PCHH and Facebook at Facebook.com slash PCHH. We will let you know when we know. So just uh, as an early marker, mark your calendar. So without any further, further ado... (laughs) We are going to get to this week's show, which is our Halloween spooktacular. I will admit it. And it is uh, first up this conversation with Mallory Ortberg about Halloween candy. So the first thing that we want to talk about this week, we got talking about kind of seasonal things. And we discovered something that Stephen feels very, very strongly about, which we have covered a little bit on the show in the past. But it turned out 
Stephen has thoughts on thoughts. He has more thoughts. He has excess. Did you write notes backstage? (laughs) Did I write notes backstage? It looks like you took additional notes about what we're about to talk about. Oh, I have thoughts on thoughts on notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. He has handwritten notes on his computer notes. We're going to talk a little bit about Halloween candy. So, Thompson, explain to me your theory of what is acceptable Halloween candy. Well, I mean, I think the first thing, and I'd like to think that everybody here is going to agree with this. If you don't agree with me, I don't think we can move this forward. Mm. Um, That all Halloween treats should be made of candy. Now, I think uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty low bar to say, like, no apples. Right. Because we all know that all organic matter is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> apples especially. Especially yeah. apples. Yeah. Apples on Halloween. Uh, and, I mean, I don't need to tell you that, uh, like, dental floss. Sure. Will, will, will not fly. My mother, uh, one year, gave away, gave out small comic books, mm-hmm. and I was torn because I'm like, comic books, that's cool, that's that's novel, but you can't eat them. <laughs> oh, what else? Uh, your your uh, pennies. Pennies. You're the fistfuls of change. Get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. That your raisins. Sure. Nope. Nope. We Mallory looks. Uh, Mallory looks stricken. Yeah. Who gives out fistfuls of change? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm picturing like I think you trick or treated wrong. These are like strangers you were passing on the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were had begging sure for was, things. Are you sure it was Halloween when you said? <laughs> no, no. We had a neighbor, uh, the Webers, monsters, who would hand out uh, uh, Ziploc bags filled with pennies that they just dug up from the couch. Wow. Um, and what they didn't, what they failed to realize is that they were basically handing now disgruntled children. Projectiles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and and they, they had a picture window incident. Oh. It was my brother, it wasn't me. <laughs> like yeah. pelted the yep. window with the change? Did it break anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It broke the picture window. probably yeah. chip. I mean, I think that's only justice. This, giving someone a penny. This, this was a surprisingly short trip to vandalism. Yeah. 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 Rapid. And, and we certainly do not advocate uh, vandalism against those so, who hand out pennies. But I would also, I would also throw out there before, uh, any loose candy, any, any candy corn, anything that like your grubby hands on, and the grubby hands of other children what in the neighborhood? What did you grow up in? Loose change? <laughs> loose candy someone just handed to you? Yeah. <laughs> mess. Steven, Steven had a very dystopian trick-or-treating experience. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't like you. <laughs> I mean, there's the whole Charlie Brown with the, with the rocks and sure. stuff. But I mean, rocks in many cases would be preferable. All right. I want to hear about actual candy, though. I don't well, want to hear about... Like, wait, let's, let's stipulate that the, there are kids with allergies. Right? Sure. So th- have you heard of the teal pumpkin movement? Has anybody heard about the teal pumpkin thing? Okay. So you paint a pumpkin teal and put it out on your front porch to communicate to people that you're going to be handing out non-food candy. Right? This is a thing. Or like non-allergen containing. Wait, non-food yeah. candy? Non-food, no. well, sorry. Non-candy, non-candy So you mean like candy. Laffy Taffy? Like non-food treats. Non-food treats. Thank you. This feels like a trap. No, no, no. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's the deal. Now, it makes sense. Like, if, if I was a kid, that would be the house that you ignore, right? That's like mm-hmm. just, it's like spray painting nope across the front <laughs> but line. If you can, but if you can't have candy, that would be cool to know right. it was there. Right. right, so your throat won't close up right. and you won't die. Good. Right, exactly. But I love that it's teal. It's such a 
precise color. It's like the <laughs> anti-harvest, anti-Halloween, mm-hmm. teal. Yeah. It's, it's like the, uh, it's, it's so fussy. It's like the Bartleby the Scrivener. We choose not to participate <laughs> in this event. All right, so, but, but Thompson, seriously, if you were giving advice to people, best things to give out as candy, what candies do you come down in favor of? Clearly, I mean, this, this is a no-brainer. Like, anything that comes in, like, the big bag of, you know, that's got your Reese's peanut butter cups, it's got your well, Snickers, it's got... That's the gold standard. The yeah. Reese's peanut butter cup, the peanut butter chocolate flavor profile is the gold standard. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, th- I think that's... I mean, you were clapping for an immutable truth. Right. And, and that's fine. I mean, I would also... I mean, and we all have our different preferences. I'm also a Twix man. Sure. Um, right or left? Uh. Both shoved simultaneously <laughs> into my open mouth. There you go. Um, you know, anything, I mean, like, the, anything that is, like, that has, like, s- a certain amount of substance to it. Right. I, I, I do not truck with three musketeers, however. Huh. Three That's mostly air. Three mu- yes! That's exactly what it is. Three musketeers feels like a cruel prank. It is Snickers-shaped and yet filled with Foam. It doesn't. Res- it doesn't resist. It doesn't I feel resist. about candy the way like the sheriff of Nottingham feels about Robin Hood, which is like, I want you to resist me. Right. 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 <laughs> right. You so know, give, like, give me, give me like what kinds of candy resists? Like, like, like Snickers, sure. as you said. Right. Uh, Milky Way seems like it's giving in, but it's like I will trap your teeth uh-huh. uh, <laughs> with glue. Twizzlers are delicious because they taste like red. Hmm. <laughs> That's true, they do taste Butterfingers, they, I'm sorry, Butterfingers enjoy the same flavor profile, the, the peanut butter chocolate, but they... No, they, they don't. They resist peanut butter chocolate. Butterfinger also tastes like air. It just tastes like hard air. No, 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 no. <laughs> they, if you always wanted your molars to be convex as opposed to concave, <laughs> and if you have trouble grinding your teeth, right? Mm-hmm. At night, right. you just shove a bunch of Butterfingers in your, and, and your jaws will seize together. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, this Halloween, my, my, I have two children. They're 15 and 12. My 15-year-old gave up on Halloween years and years ago, way right. too soon. My 12-year-old will trick-or-treat until she's my age. Right. And, and, but this is the first year that they both have braces. And so... <laughs> I felt I felt, them, I felt peas and you, carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. I felt you grieving for them in that moment. And what I'm hoping is to actually kill two birds with one stone this year. You know, she will be the one trick-or-treating, and she will bring back candy that she cannot eat and that I will be able to eat in order to get rid of my 33-year-old fillings uh-huh. that I have been dying to have replaced with the white ones that look like tooth. Right. When I was when I was 11, I that was the only time I've ever gotten cavities in my life, all when I was 11, and I'm just dying to have those pulled out. So this I'm hoping for. So I'm hoping for uh, Butterfinger. Yep. Jolly Rancher. Sure. Uh, Dots. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know you uh, could just buy these at the store, my man. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a grown ass man. Yep. <laughs> True. You say that. <laughs> you can tell Mallory's new to the panel. <laughs> I also don't have fillings. I just have um, gums from someone else. Oh, oh yeah, I've, got oh. I've got the two. I have uh, cadaver gums. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That is awesome. Mouth. Mine were all sawed out of my palate. <gasps> they gave me the choice. They were like, I was, you're like, I want to have the gums. I was of a 19 years old. In my mouth. I, was I don't 19. have enough corpse in my mouth. Fallout Boy had just released an album, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> 
you're like cadaver gums. You're like, you should see the other guy. No, yeah. they were literally. They, they gave me the option. They were like, you have horribly receding gums. That's why your mouth hurts all the time. And yep. you have two options. We can slice it out of the top of your mouth mm-hmm. and jam it back here. Right. Uh, you'll probably never be able to like taste hot again. Oh, untrue. Uh, or we we get somebody. <laughs> we got so a guy. He fell off a truck. And I was anymore. like, I was like, yeah, give me the one where I don't have like a hole in the top of my mouth. It grows back. They it's said it would tissue. never grow back. They're wrong. Right. They were okay. like, it will never okay. be the same. Okay, but <laughs> never the same. Actually, speaking they just stitched some laffy taffy into. Uh. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of Halloween candy. <laughs> <laughs> So, Glenn, you look to me like you are bubbling over with some other strong feeling. No, I just want us to get back to uh, the noxiousness of Tootsie Rolls. Oh, oh yeah. Right, and all, all right. Tootsie-related technology. beef of yours. Basically. Yeah. Uh, Tootsie Pops, Tootsie-flavored Tootsies, they are, what are they? They're, they're brown wax, right? They pretend to be chocolate. They're not chocolate. They're deer scat. They're... <laughs> They're nuggets of of of, of unchocolate. They are they're <laughs> the, the, the dainty, ladylike turds of Madame Tussaud. <laughs> got one more, one more. <laughs> Hitler's birthday candles. <laughs> they're awful, but there is one that is worse than that, worse even than Tootsie Rolls. Wow. And that is the circus peanut. Mm, the worst sure. thing. The worst thing in the world. Is that still a thing? It even is. Though? Yes, yes. I don't know that you necessarily get what fistfuls of them on peanut? Halloween. So the no, cir- yeah, yeah, sure you do. Explain what the circus peanut is to Mallory. All right, the circus peanut, you take Mallory's a, younger than we are. This, this big? <laughs> no, no, no. You take... You take <laughs> here's how you make a circus peanut. You take a stale marshmallow, <laughs> and you emotionally abuse it. <laughs> you, you break it, basically, until it forgets what joy is. <laughs> Then you mold it into the shape of a peanut, giant peanut, and then you inject it with what? Banana flavoring. <laughs> because what connotes the big top like a starchy tropical fruit? Uh, it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> they sell it like by itself? Yeah, no, you get, you get like a little... You get like a bag. You, you get, get a like bag a, with like a hundred wadded in, like, mm-hmm. a, like a bag of marshmallows. For like $1.95, you get 300 of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. why people give them out. Do you, do you have, like, candy preferences, Mallory? Are you a candy person? I, I feel bad. I've never given out candy on Halloween. I have not yet, like, reached that stage in, in my estate. Uh, <laughs> when they go to Ortberg Manor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've never, like, given out candy. I, I'm generally of the opinion that, like, candy's good to have. I like that one night a year we just give candy to people for knocking on our doors. I think right. that's right. charming. It's a, it's a covenant. It's a covenant I, we make. I actually do have one Halloween secret uh-huh. that I want to share with everyone sure. in the Bay Area that I feel like is really important. So once in my life, I, what's that really fancy restaurant up north of here? The really fancy one. French Laundry. I went there one time. Someone got my family a gift certificate. We went there. For Halloween? Yes. <laughs> You like knocked on their door and they give you a... No, as we were leaving, there were a bunch of beautiful little bags by the door. And I was like, is that what I think it is? And they're like, yeah, every year we make all our little desserts for trick-or-treaters and no one ever comes. (laughs) Every year, the French Laundry makes magical little dessert bags for trick-or-treaters. So get a kid and go. (laughs) (laughs) You do not not have to have had dinner there. Now, when Mallory says get a kid... Same way I got my gums. 
hard work and ingenuity. <laughs> I, I mean, I consider myself to be, I will just close this out by saying, I consider myself to be an advocate of uh, what I consider the classic Halloween candy, the Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm-hmm. I prefer the small to the full size. Sure. I prefer the mini. The mini? Be- because, a- the, because the ratio is different. But not a Reese's piece. No, 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 no. I'm that, talking about the mini cup. You don't mini think there's cup. a little too much chocolate in no, the... No, no. Uh. I, I like the ratio <laughs> of the little mini cup. I also like the uh, bag of Hershey's miniatures. Mm-hmm. Although, although, my goal in life is to meet people where I can have all the special dark and they will eat the crackle. I love uh. the crackle. Let's knock a few others out. Uh, candy corn is high fructose earwax. <laughs> <laughs> Necco wafers, if you're tiling a powder room, sure. Otherwise, no. I love a Necco wafer. I will eat the Necco wafers. You're wrong. Yeah. Did you see, did anybody see the map of the United States that someone just put out where each state had the logo of its supposed favorite candy Mm. in it? And that five monstrous states chose candy corn. Yeah. But no, 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 but seriously, some of y'all like candy corn, right? I, I will eat... I will eat candy corn. Candy I think corn, candy corn's fine. But candy corn has its people. It is like the... Yeah, it's, its people are in Texas, Wyoming, Oregon, South Carolina, and Tennessee. And right here. And, <laughs> and right here in some mm. cases. I, I, to, say it's your, to say it's your favorite when Skittles exist? Right. Well, yeah, okay. So if you imagine the, your Halloween haul as like a meal, then let's do. Um... <laughs> What we haven't talked about yet is the Skittle, the Sweetheart, the uh, Spree, Spree, the Smarties. Oh, the Sweetheart. You need them. You need the acid, oh. right? You need, you need to cut through the... Because if it's nothing but chocolate, it's... You're that's why you save the nerds for last. That's exactly why you save them. Yeah. You have to mix it up. It's, so they have a vital role. The yeah. smart, but Smarties are medicine, right? Um, I've always considered the, smart, like the Smartie and the Sweetheart to be... Those are pills, right? <laughs> those count as medicine. Sure. I've always assumed. All right, well, if you have strong opinions about Halloween candy... And you do. And I know that you do. Come and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PCHH or tweet us at PCHH. We will be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Lego. Every girl is different, but research has shown that girls' self-esteem peaks at age nine and confidence can begin to drop. They can become less likely to try, to take risks, to expose their vulnerability. Lego encourages exploration and stimulates creativity. Whether it's with a Minecraft or a friend set, girls can keep building their world brick by brick. Learn more at Pinterest.com Lego. The time is upon us. It is quiz time. And if you know how our quizzes work, our quizzes are uh, where everyone except me is in the hot seat and I got a script. <laughs> That's how we do it. This quiz is all about Halloween. I'm going to start uh, with a question that is about a, a Halloween-appropriate song. This question, I'm going I'm to start with Glenn. Got it. Monster Mash yep. has a line, the first half of which is, The coffin bangers were about to arrive. Mm. All right? Mm. What is the next phrase? Is it? Ah, okay. Is it? Though the band leader was no longer alive. Or is it with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five? Hmm. Or is it, and the witches were doing the broom spinning jive? Hmm. Or is it, from the haunted lost ship, 
A popular dive. Okay. Well, uh, kudos on the voice. That's A. Yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the last funny voice of the quiz, I promise. Aw. <laughs> uh, uh, give me B again. Uh, B, with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. Sure. Why not? That's it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Audie Cornish, right here in Seattle on October 1st, the Great Pumpkin Way Off crowned its giantest pumpkin of them all. How much did it weigh? Did it weigh 298 pounds, A. B, 506 pounds. C, 919 pounds. Or D, 1,713 pounds. People are really into pumpkins, I like that. 298, 506, 919, or 1713. I don't know anything about produce. This is really, <laughs> it's really confusing. Objection, to me. irrelevant. All right. Um, the one that's like 500? No, the answer is a 1,713 pound pumpkin. <laughs> Grown by Joel Holland. Shout out to Joel. And I would yeah, point sorry, out that Joel. after it won, the giant pumpkin was scooped out and filled with beer. <laughs> Stephen Thompson, earlier this month, the National Retail Federation identified three Halloween trends based on its consumer research. Three Halloween trends. Which of these was not okay. one of those trends? So three of these... Are real. Yes. All right. A, millennials... Mm. <laughs> Wait, what? Partly driven by social media, are very into Halloween costumes. Oh, I thought the trend was just millennials. <laughs> No, millennials, partly driven by social media, are very into Halloween costumes, spending significantly more on average than other adults. B, trick-or-treating is evolving into something carried out in closed community spaces to avoid allergens and strangers and other bad things. Mm. C, less rigid gender stereotyping in kids' costumes. Ooh. D, a shift toward giving children handmade crafts instead Ugh. of candy or treats. Oh. Oh. <laughs> So A was a millennial... Here, have some artisanal dental floss. <laughs> a was millennials uh, into Halloween costumes. B was <clears throat> trick-or-treating in closed community spaces. C was less rigid gender stereotyping. And D was uh, the thing you hate. I believe in that this is a good and just world. And so I'm going to go with D. You are correct about Ooh. that, sir. Glenn Weldon, to yeah. stay with the National Retail Federation for a minute... <clears throat> Their consumer survey estimates that consumers will spend the most money in total, in total, on which of these categories? A, costumes, hmm. B, candy, C, decorations, or D, candy corn disposal. Ugh. <laughs> dump it in a vat and get rid of it. Uh, uh, it's gotta be candy. Gotta be candy. Uh, the answer is costumes. Costumes. Hmm. Fewer people, but more money. Uh, their estimates say 3.1 billion in costumes, 2.5 billion in candy, 2.4 billion in decorations. That's a lot of cobwebs, in my opinion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a lot and of shrieking witches at the Home Depot. Exactly. <laughs> it's horrible. There's a whole time of and year. And then there's also the decorations that you buy. Oh. 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 I left it hovering over the net. All you had to do was spike it. I don't even know what that means. People at Home Depot are perfectly nice. Um, Audie Cornish, in 2016, what is the most popular kids' costume, according to uh, the, that same uh, National Retail Federation survey? Is it A, princess, B, superhero, C, 
animal or D, witch? Um, I Princess, feel, superhero, yeah, animal, I witch. feel like it's going to be superhero. You're going to say superhero? It's, yeah, it's like everywhere, sort of, in the cinema and, you know, little girls can do it, little boys can do it. It's sort of easy. You are right. All it right. is superhero. <laughs> not only that, but... Not to pick an applause line, I swear to God, this is not here as an applause line. It's oh here because it's in the parade survey. That ended an 11 year streak for Princess. <laughs> uh, Steven, what was recommended in a recent local TV segment as a way to make a carved pumpkin last longer? A, soak it in vodka before carving. Soak the pumpkin or oneself? <laughs> the, the pumpkin. Soak the pumpkin in vodka before carving. B, carve it with a knife blade you have heated to at least 200 degrees. <laughs> C, smear Vaseline on the cut edges. Uh, D, uh. carve rounded shapes rather than shapes with sharp sides. It seems like a very inefficient use of vodka. <laughs> I'm going to go with hot knife blade. That seems like a practical thing to do. Uh, the answer is Vaseline. Uh. Vaseline. I didn't want it to be, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> Also makes the pumpkin look younger on camera. Uh, <laughs> uh, Glenn Weldon, yeah. according to an NPR piece published in 2013, what was one aspect of the history of bobbing for apples? Mm. Bobbing for apples. A, that it used to be called biting for apples. Sure. B, that girls would secretly mark apples and then try to foretell their romantic futures by which boys wound up with their particular apples. C, that originally the apples represented demons who could only be killed with the teeth. <laughs> or D, that people originally bobbed for apples in buckets of sand, but water was later deemed more pleasant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. B. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Girls would secretly mark apples and then try to foretell their romantic futures by which boys fetch the apples that belong to them. And I would make fun of this, but it sounds at least as promising as anything that I have personally tried. <laughs> um, what did real estate firm Zillow recently crown as the best city for trick-or-treating for 2016? Is it A, Seattle, B, Miami, C, Richmond, Virginia, or D, Philadelphia? Um... I'm just going to assume you're playing to the crowd for applause lines and that the answer is A. That's, that's right. uh, the answer is not A, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> step it up, it Seattle. It turned on me. I didn't do I mean, let's survey. be honest. This weather is not the business. Like, <laughs> if you are a little kid and you're in your little costume, it's a little too Charlie Brown for me. <laughs> uh, no, the answer is, the answer is Philadelphia. Huh. The answer is Philadelphia. Seattle was ninth on this list, which I Red is an improvement. It's been coming up in the rankings. Oh, it is now in the top 10. This survey was based on single family home density, crime rates, the share of the population under 10 years old, and home values. Mm. Mm. I side eye that part of the survey. Uh, all right, uh, Stephen Thompson, yes. what is one good piece of news for the pumpkin industry in 2016? Is it A, there's been a rebound from a 2015 pumpkin shortage caused by bad weather? Is it B, pumpkins contain 20% more niacin than they did in the 1940s? <laughs> 
Is it C, scientists recently eliminated a parasite that plagued pumpkins for decades that they called miserabilia, Halloweenia? <laughs> or is it D, marketers have identified a phenomenon called pumpkin spice blowback in which <laughs> consumers who are tired of pumpkin spice flavored items that taste nothing like pumpkin become more interested in baking and cooking with actual pumpkin. <laughs> Wow. So, end of the so pumpkin one of those shortage, is real. End of the pumpkin shortage, more niacin, end of the parasite, pumpkin spice blowback. Okay, see, it's usually not a boring one. <laughs> it's usually picked because she found something weird. <laughs> niacin just sounds like something you made up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fact check, niacin is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, the, not the nutrients. Okay. The thing is, I think it's funny because you all believed that I would not know that. No, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, story checks out. Um, I, I believe in a good and just world. I'm going to say pumpkin spice. Uh, no, it's actually the pumpkin shortage caused by bad weather. It's the boring one. It is it's the boring, boring one. one. I'm always wrong. I tricked you. Imagine that. Glenn Weldon, yep. which of the following is not, is not a real event at Seattle Aquarium's own Aquarium Halloween? A... Mysterious mammal feeding. Well, okay. B, underwater pumpkin carving. C, mad scientist dissection. D, squid masquerade. Oh, well. Three of those are real. <laughs> Mysterious mammal feeding, underwater pumpkin carving, mad scientist dissection, squid masquerade. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go squid masquerade. You are correct. Yeah. Very good, very good, very good. Audie, L Magazine tried to help out costume seekers earlier this year by offering items that could be combined into emoji costumes. Hmm. What was the total cost of the items used in their example to dress up as dancing women with bunny ears? Of course, ears? of course. Cost of fishnets, cost of fishnets. <laughs> was it A, $56? B, $218, C, $665, D, $1,070. I'm gonna say the six one. That is correct. That's like right around L's price point. They're like, we're not Vogue, but it's not glamor. <laughs> We want you to aspire to a certain level right. of trashiness. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I, want, I, want, I just want to point out, by the way, that going as a fist bump is still free, so. Uh, Stephen Thompson, yes. local news in Phoenix, Arizona, recently reported that a man tried to propose to his girlfriend during their trip to a haunted house. His Seems plan, unwise. <laughs> his plan was for zombies to drag her onto a stage what? where he would pop the question. Wow. What happened instead? <laughs> uh, see, see the theme of a good and just world. Go ahead. Is it A, she tried to run from the zombies and fell off the stage? Oh. I want him to be harmed. Is it B, she fainted before he could propose? Is it C, one of the zombies turned out to be his ex-girlfriend? <laughs> or was it D, she immediately broke up with him saying, if you would propose to me in a haunted house, you don't know me at all? Oh, man. 
you guys are so bummed about this question. <laughs> wow. I really hope it's C or D. Um, and I believe in a good and just world. So I am going to say that she immediately broke up with him. No, she tried to run from the zombies and she fell off the stage, but she wasn't, she was not hurt. Okay. But she did immediately start crying and say she wanted to go home, at which point he was like, no, no, I'm trying to propose. Oh. And she said yes. Oh. And, um, Boo. Oh, are you really surprised? Are you really, I mean, you kind of know what you're getting into and a lot her, of times. Her description, uh, her description of the proposal was, it was definitely unique. Yeah, there you go. Oh. All right, Glenn wins with three. We are, uh, we're gonna go on to our final segment, our favorite of this week and every week, what is making us happy this week. Audie's gotta get her notes. We gotta get notes, we gotta get notes. Steven Thompson, I love to go to you first. What is making you happy this week, buddy? Well, I love Pixar movies. I love the shorts before Pixar movies. And what I really love is when Pixar movies are engineered to make me sad. Uh, there's a new Pixar short called Borrowed Time that is, has just come out. It's not airing before movies that are in the theater. It's basically, I gather sort of, you know how they, they use those shorts to experiment with form, sure. with new animation technologies, and what they tried to do with this one was experiment with the kind of subject matter about which you make cartoons. And so if you like Pixar, but wish it made you miserable, <laughs> which is so up my alley, that's say. exactly what I want from Pixar. <laughs> You can, uh, you can stream it for free, Google Borrowed Time. Uh, it's by the directors uh, Lou Hamoud Lodge and Andrew Coates. It's really beautiful and profound, and it feels like the start of a great story that I hope they finish telling. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Stephen Thompson. Uh, Audie Cornish, what's making you happy this week? Uh, two things. One is Westworld on HBO. Yep. Which I was apprehensive about. You had talked about this show and people had talked about the use of like sexual assault as a plot line and so there was a lot of writing going into it and I finally just sat down and like watched it for myself and I found that I was actually like drawn to it and I wanted to see the next episode. Uh, the, the basics of it, I don't know if it's some big spoiler, but it's like a futuristic kind of, imagine Jurassic Park, but it's just like a wild west with people. Uh, and there's some like artificial intelligence. I told you I like sci-fi, right? I mean, so it's, it's a whole world that's built, but the actors in it are really fantastic. I think like Dandy Newton and Anthony Hopkins and mm -hmm. is it Jeffrey Wright? Um, yeah. There's just a lot of really talented people in this show and it looks good. And so this is maybe like a what's making me cautiously optimistic. Like I feel like. <laughs> sure. Cool. And then the second thing that I'm loving is this album Cashmere by the Sweatshop Boys, which if anyone remembers the group Das Racist, the rapper from Queens, Heems is in it, he's Indian, and Riz Ahmed from HBO's The Night Of is also a rapper, he's from London. And I think what I love about this, if you ever could make a, a really funny, interesting, and like fun to listen to rap about being on the no-fly list, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and it's basically like, you know, two people who come from a very specific experience and that's infused in the music and the music is just super fun. Uh, so if anyone uh, wants to check that out, Sweatshop Boys, Cashmere. 
Rachel. Thank you very much, Adi Karnash. Glenn Weldon is winding up. I can see it. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, good. this is actually, there are, uh, this is going to be very unbrand. There are two animated Batman films that came out straight to video. <laughs> the first one isn't making me happy. It's garbage. Don't watch it. It's uh, an adaptation of The Killing Joke, which was a massive book, a very important book in the 80s that has just been adapted. Uh, the book itself hasn't really aged well. Uh, it's a little problematic. The triggering incident, let's make Barbara Gordon Batgirl. Let's give, give her more time in the beginning. Let's give her a whole half hour uh, to just to herself to flesh out the character. Great impulse in execution. Terrible because they have Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, and Batman go to Bone Town. That's how they flesh out a character. It's so wrong. It's, there's, there's never been any sexual tension between them. It's always been a father-daughter thing. And what I, what I found ironic about it is that because there's been 78 years of sly and not-so-sly homoerotic subtext between Batman and Robin, if that same scene were to happen, you'd be like, I get it. You know, between Batman and Robin, right, you'd sure. be like, yeah. no, yeah, sure. I just want to thank you for not saying Ken Bone Town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got it. Nice you're done. By the time we air this, everyone will have forgotten who that is. <laughs> so, uh, there's another one that just came out recently as we taped this called Return of the Cape Crusaders. It's, it's set in the Batman 66 universe with Adam West and Burt Ward and Julie Newmar, and they get the tone exactly right, and it's funny, and now... Adam West is an 88-year-old man, but his voice is still just snaking all over those lines in exactly the way it did before. You can hear the dentures. <laughs> So often he's got allegedly little, he's got a little uh, Connery <laughs> in him, like like every so often he'll be like it's sinister, and you're like oh, okay. <laughs> and Burt Ward no longer sounds like a boy wonder, sort of like your uncle who has a timeshare in Tampa wonder. <laughs> but it's so good, it's so fun, it's it's exactly what I needed after the Killing Joke. So Return of the Cape Crusaders, seek it out. Thank you very much, Glenn Weldon. Good pick. Uh, I'm also very on brand this week because I'm going to talk about a podcast out of Maximum Fun, our friends Maximum Fun. Um, this is a podcast that is just a few episodes in. It's called Dead Pilots Society. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Ben Blacker and Andrew Reich. So what they do in Dead Pilot Society is they do table reads, basically, of pilots that were commissioned by networks and written but not actually made. So in this episode, they do a table read of a um, pilot called Only Child that was written by John, John Hodgman. And in this, the, the gimmick of this show, and I think he would forgive me for the use of the word gimmick, the, the thing of this show was he was going to play himself as a teenager. But everyone else, like all his teenage friends, would be played by teenagers. <laughs> And this was going to kind of emphasize like his otherness and weirdness and his desire to be an, a, like an adult when he was a, a kid. And it is the weirdest. <laughs> Even just hearing a table read, it's so weird in this wonderful way. And they got uh, a whole bunch of really good actors. Uh, Janet Varney is in it, uh, John Ross Bowie's in it, Adam Savage did it, uh, Josh Molina, whole bunch of people plus Hodgman. It's so interesting to see kind of the creative work that goes into something that didn't go for whatever reason. I would recommend, like, if you listen to this, part of you will be like, they should still make that show. It was for, <laughs> it was for FX. 
and they, they, they could still do it. I'm just saying, yeah. hello, FX. You could still make this show. <laughs> uh, so Dead Pilot Society, specifically the episode uh, recorded at SF Sketch Fest, uh, Only Child. And that is what is making me happy this week. <laughs> you guys are fantastic. We are so grateful that you came out. We were so happy to start this tour with you. Thank you very, 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 very much. <laughs>